morning. If you have a Bible, please turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 22. If you don't have a Bible and would like to borrow one, you can just raise your hand and one of our ushers will bring one to you. Matthew 22. We'll be reading verses 36 to 40 in just a couple of minutes here. Matthew 22, verses 36 to 40. I've been preaching through the book of Luke on Sunday mornings, and my plan is to be back in Luke again soon, but we're going to do something a little different today and next Sunday. Let's pray before we get started here. Well, Father, we just thank you for every opportunity to open your word, and and we just pray out of that song there, Lord. We do ask that you would give us a desire in our hearts to go higher and deeper. Father, I pray that we would never get to the place where we plateau and, and feel as if we've arrived. And Lord, we stop straining to go higher and deeper uh, in our lives with you. Father, we believe our entire life on this earth is a walk of sanctification, a walk of growth where we are drawn higher and deeper. And we just ask that you would do that. I pray, Father, that by your Spirit working through your Word, you would call all of us higher and deeper uh, here this morning and in the, the, the days and the weeks and months to come. Lord, this is only something that you can do. We cannot do it in and of, of ourselves. We know, Father, that you do call us to labor in the Christian life, but uh, it must be a grace-motivated labor, uh, laboring because of the grace that you supply. So we do ask that you would supply the grace we need, Father, to move higher and deeper in the Christian life. And we just thank you for that, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, most of you probably recognize now that the weather up north here has begun to change recently. Uh, Praise God for that, huh? I already sat out too long this week and uh, reading and uh, got too much sun on my bald head, almost burned it already. Uh, I love the warmer weather. Uh, Now, we all know it could still snow a foot and a half tomorrow, uh, but, but as of right now, it seems that God has maybe blessed us with an early spring uh, here up north. And uh, with the arrival of that warmer weather, most of our minds have probably begun to turn towards some new and different things that we associate with spring and summer. And we've begun to think about summer vacations, maybe. We've begun to think about trips to the cabin or trips to the lake house. We've begun to think about fishing and camping and biking, running, family outings to the zoo, maybe, barbecues with friends, maybe, uh, trips to Target Field to, to catch the twins on their quest for 100 losses this year. <laughs> it is, it's natural at this time of year, natural for our minds to turn toward those types of things. Lots of really good and fun things for the most part, but my prayer uh, for us here at CRC is that when the weather begins to warm up each and every year, our minds don't just turn toward those things, but our minds also begin to turn again, once again, toward mission. 
and we begin to think hard again about engaging the lost for the glory of God. Because up north here, uh, the warmer seasons are really the optimal seasons uh, for mission. The, the, the warmer seasons are the best time for engaging with unbelievers and, and building relationships with unbelievers, sowing gospel seeds with unbelievers. Why? Because you actually see unbelievers when the weather's nice. Man, uh, we've only been up here for five years now. It's taken me a little while to learn that winter up here is basically just hibernation. I mean, you, you really just, you just hide out in your home and you hope to survive. And if you do, you might come out the spring and actually see some other people. Hey, good to see you again. It's been a long six months. Good to see you. And you know, in the winters up here, uh, you just don't have as many natural opportunities to connect with unbelievers. Now, you can still definitely do mission in the winter. You just have to be a little more creative with it. It's just much easier to do that in the warmer weather. You have to strike while the iron's hot, so to speak. And, uh, and the, the mission iron is hottest up north here when the weather is hot. Uh, it is the best time for us, the optimal, optimal time for us to make some serious headway in making disciples of unbelievers. And, and God wants us to make disciples of unbelievers as a local church family. Jesus commands us in Matthew 28 to make disciples of all nations. God wants us to work together to make disciples of unbelievers. And because the warmer weather is so critical here for making disciples, it has been our practice uh, here at CRC for our entire existence uh, to take a, a Sunday or two in the spring to talk about mission. And that's what I want to do uh, today and next Sunday. We'll talk a little bit about mission, and I'm not going to try to do anything new and fancy uh, when it comes to our mission to the lost. I, I really think God just wants me to try to do something very uh, simple here. So I just want to talk with you today and next week about three simple things that are critically important when it comes to our mission to the lost. Three essential elements of effective mission to the lost. I'm only going to give you one of them here this morning, and here it is. One essential element of effective mission to the lost is love. One essential element of effective mission to the lost is love. Powerful, effective mission to the lost, powerful, effective evangelism is always built on love. It flows out of love. The Christians who are typically the most effective in making disciples of unbelievers are people whose hearts are burning with a deep, deep love for God a deep love for Christ, and their hearts are also burning with a deep love for other people. Mission to the lost, it starts and it ends 
with love. It's simply an overflow of love. And it's so easy to miss that when we think about mission. I personally believe that a lack of general love is the primary reason why so many Christians and so many Christian churches are so weak when it comes to mission to the lost. A lot of Christians' hearts are simply cold and loveless to a certain degree. We just really don't have, at times, this deep down, strong, vibrant, burning love for Christ. Or, or this deep down, burning love for other people. It's, it's there, but it's weak. And because of that, our mission is weak. We, we end up doing very little mission at all. We end up putting very little effort into actually making disciples of unbelievers. And, and when we do actually attempt a little mission here and there, because we have such a, a low level of love in our hearts, it, it's oftentimes a very hollow and hypocritical mission. We might say all of the right words. I mean, we, we might speak with the tongues of men and of angels, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, but without love in our hearts, we are nothing but noisy gongs or clanging cymbals. Powerful, effective mission to the lost is always built on love. It's an overflow of love. You look at Matthew twenty-two thirty-six. A lawyer asked Jesus a question here. He says, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And this is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commands depend all the law and the prophets. That's an amazing statement there. Every last bit of God's Old Testament law, every single command in the entire Bible for that matter, they can all ultimately be boiled down to one simple thing. Love. What does God require of you in your life? He requires love from you. God requires that you love Him. And you love Him with all of your heart. You love Him with all of your soul. And you love Him with all of your mind. And He requires that you love your neighbor. He requires that you love the people around you in your life. Wherever it is that you live, work, and play, he requires that you love your neighbor in the same type of way that you love yourself. God wants us to love, to love him, and to love other people deeply. And man, when we do have a deep, in burning love inside for God and for other people. It will always naturally lead to mission in our lives. 
You think about it. If you just, just, just think for a second about a, a deep and burning love for God for, God for a second. A, a deep and burning love for Christ. When you have a deep and burning love for God in your heart, when your heart is truly captured by Christ, when your heart is truly ravished by Christ, and you're not just playing at a religion named Christianity, but you have a strong, vibrant, intense love for Christ, a genuine love relationship with Christ, you will naturally want to commend Christ to other people. You will naturally want to tell people about Christ. It's really a very simple principle. Here's the principle. We commend the things we love in this life. We talk about the things we truly love in this life. It just pours out of us at times. If you absolutely love a certain hobby, you will naturally talk about that hobby to other people. And you will recommend that hobby to other people. (laughs) Dude, you you gotta try stamp collecting. It's awesome, man. You love it, stamp collecting. If, if, If you love a particular restaurant, you will talk about that restaurant. And you will recommend that restaurant to other people. No, 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 no. Don't go over there. That place is terrible. Go over here. You got to go to this restaurant over here. If you love an iPhone, you will talk about naturally and you will recommend an iPhone to other people. I actually have an iPhone. I love it. I will recommend it to you. I actually have it up here every day. It has a timer on it. Do you know what it means when I set that timer when I preach? Absolutely nothing. I just like to have a timer with me when I preach. I will recommend an iPhone to you because I love them. I, I, I like them. I think they're, they're, they're good. We naturally talk about the things we love in this life. And we commend or recommend those things to other people. When we love something deeply, we look at others who don't have that thing and we naturally think that their life is missing something. And for the love of that thing, we instinctively introduce it to other people. And telling people about that thing is simply an expression of how much we love it. And that's how it is with God. That's how it is with Christ. If we have a deep and burning love for God, a deep and burning love for Christ in our hearts will naturally want to talk about and recommend Christ to other people. <laughs> now, we might be a little more fearful to recommend Christ to other people than to recommend a hobby to other people because you recommend a hobby to other people, you're probably not going to be rejected. But if you recommend Christ to other people, you might. So there is a little more fear when it comes to recommending Christ to other people. But listen, if we have a deep, deep and burning love for God, a deep and burning love for Christ, we'll naturally want to talk about and recommend Christ to other 
people. We, we won't want to recommend some sort of dead and hollow religion to other people. That we'll, we'll, we'll want to recommend an intimate relationship of love to other people. That, that's what Christianity is. Yes, Christianity is a religion. Yes, it is. But Christianity is more than just a religion. Christianity is a religion built on a relationship. And it's not just a cold and distant and clinical sort of relationship. It is built on a relationship of love. God loves you deeply. And God draws you out and draws you into loving him and loving other people deeply. You're drawn into loving God deeply, loving Christ deeply with your heart, your soul, and your mind, a deep down, vibrant, passionate relationship of love. Peter says it like this in 1 Peter 1.8, though you have not seen Christ, you love him. You love him. And though you do not now see him, you believe in him. And you rejoice with the joy that is inexpressible and full of glory. You, 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 you love Christ. You believe in Christ. You rejoice in Christ with a joy that is inexpressible. And full of glory. That is Christianity. And, and when that love for Christ is there in your heart to a strong degree, other people will hear it and they will feel it. And they will walk away from you thinking things like, well, I, I, I don't understand yet what, what she just told me about Christ, but man, she really seems to love Christ. Sadly, the love inside of Christian hearts is not always that strong. We believe the basic tenets of Christianity. We, we, we believe in Christ and, and are genuinely saved by believing in Christ. We do love Christ to some degree, but, but, but our hearts, for various reasons, just aren't beating with a driving passion for Christ. There's not really this deep down passionate loving of Christ with heart and soul and mind. You know, a lot of Christians are even uncomfortable with the language of loving Christ. And they'll tell you, I believe in Christ. I follow Christ. I go to a church that talks about Christ. But how many, how many Christians will actually look at you and say, I love Jesus. I love him. I love him with all my heart. Man, there's not really, at times, this deep down passionate love of Christ with heart, soul, and mind. And if there's not a deep down love for Christ, there will not be a lot of talking about Christ or recommending of Christ to other people. No, we'll be controlled and dominated by our fears and our love of self. Where love for Christ is weak, mission will be weak. And the only mission that will probably be there at all will be 
a lifeless mission of sheer duty and not a full of life mission that's flowing out of a heart of delight in God. A deep love for God, man, a deep love for Christ is critical for our mission to the lost. A deep love for Christ emboldens us and causes us to want to talk about and recommend Christ to others. A deep love for Christ, you know what it does? It drives you past your fears. It drives you past your love of self. And it empowers us to talk about and commend Christ to others. You know, a deep love for Christ also just simply causes us to obey Christ. In Matthew 28, Jesus commands us to make disciples of all nations. And in John 14, 15, Jesus says, If you love me, you will obey my commandments. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. A deep love for Christ. It's the thing that compels us to obey Christ. It's the thing that compels us to obey Christ when he tells us to go and make disciples of all nations. A deep and burning love for Christ will drive us past our fear of man. It will drive us past our fear of rejection. It will drive us past our our love of safety and security would drive us past our love of stuff in this world. It would drive us past our love of self in this world. A deep love for Christ will compel us, will compel us to obey Christ and to labor together to make disciples for Christ. Deep love for Christ is absolutely critical for our mission to the lost. But a deep love for Christ is not the only thing that's critical. Deep love for other people is also critical for our mission to the lost. Jesus says here in Matthew 22 that we must love God with all our heart, soul, and mind. And we must love our neighbor as ourselves. We, we must love the people around us in this life in the same type of way that we love ourselves. And, and, and both of those things, a love for God, love for Christ, and, and, and a love for other people, both of those things are critical for mission. Love for God, a deep love for God, a deep love for Christ, but also a deep love for other people, a deep love for the lost neighbors and friends and co-workers and family members who live, work, and, and play all around us on a daily basis. If we don't truly love them, Deep in our hearts, we won't go to them. We won't. We won't do it. We, we, we will never prioritize them. We will never carve out significant time to be with them. We won't sacrifice to be with them. We won't listen to them and care for them. We won't share the gospel with them. We won't make the effort and risk the rejection to bring them to Christ. Man, 
it's, it's really amazing. Mission to the lost, when you think about it, is really, really pretty simple. It all basically comes down to love. Mission is built on love. It flows out of love. You have a deep love for Christ that compels you to talk about and commend Christ. A deep love for Christ that that compels you to obey Christ when he tells you to go and make disciples. And you have a deep love for the lost. That compels you to leave your comfort zone and go out to them and build relationships with them. Serve them, care for them, put up with them at times. Share the gospel with them. You know, love is the fuel of mission. It's the fuel of powerful, effective mission to the lost. It's the fuel that sparks and empowers and propels mission against all odds. And where love is strong, mission will be strong. But where love is weak, mission will be weak. And I think many of us here today, if we were honest about our lives, would probably describe our individual mission to the lost as pretty weak. Now as a whole, as a whole, I think our church has has definitely taken some small steps in the area of mission over the past year or so, there are definitely some, some little pockets of mission that, that I'm aware of that have begun to kind of bud and, and grow in our church family. Some people putting in some legitimate, deliberate, ongoing efforts to make disciples of unbelievers. And, and I know that there's other stuff in our church family that I don't see or hear about. We've definitely taken some small steps in the area of mission. And man, we want to celebrate those small steps. Praise God for those small steps. That is an evidence of God's grace working in and through this local church family as he would cause us to begin to grow up in this area. So thankful for those small steps. But man, I hope and pray that we do not settle down and rest content with those small steps. Celebrate the small steps, yes. Be content with the small steps, no. I pray we as a church family, even though we've had some small steps, I pray that we would have a holy discontentment with only tiny small steps. Because I'm guessing that many of us, if honest, would probably still describe our individual mission to the lost is, is, is pretty weak. Mission to the lost, man, it, maybe it, it's still just not a very high priority at all for you for, for some reason. It, it, it's still just more of, of an afterthought for you. you. You hardly ever even really think about it unless somebody kind of prod you and and you you may talk about it and even pray about it in your your small group at times or something like that but you really don't do all that much and man when it when it comes to the christian life it's not what we say that counts it's what we do and i think a lot of us would probably look at our lives right now and say you know what i really don't do all that much 
when it comes to the mission to the lost. Amen. You know, there can be lots of reasons why we, we, we don't do more when it comes to mission to the lost. I think there's unbelief a lot of times. We, we don't believe God would ever do anything through us with that. I think it's laziness at times. We just don't want to do it. I, I think selfishness is probably a big deal. It's in all of our lives. Selfishness that fights against the love for others. I think it's just flat out disobedience at times. You know, or, or maybe you, you, you don't know what to do when it comes to mission to the lost. You're kind of scrambling around and think about, I don't know what to do here in my life. I, I get that. I understand that. You know, there are lots of reasons why our mission to the lost might be weak. But one of the primary reasons that, that I think probably underlies all of the other reasons is right here. One of the primary reasons for weak mission. Is a lack of love. When our mission is weak, our love is probably weak. Our, our, our hearts are probably just cold to some degree. Our love, our love for God, our love for Christ, our love for other people, our love for lost people is smoldering to some degree. It's there. It's just, it's just not that strong. And mission starts there. And if we, if, if we want our, our mission to the lost to grow here at CRC, then we, we really need for our love to grow. We need God to fan into flames our love for Him. So, so we're not playing at kind of a sleepy Christianity. But there's a, there's a, there's a vibrancy and a, and a fervency inside. We need God to fan our love for Him into flames. Romans chapter 13 says, Do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in spirit. God, God, God fanning into flames our fervent love for Him. And also fanning into flames a fervent love for other people. Fervent love for, for lost people. And man, the fact is that we all need that. <laughs> we, we all need it. I mean, none of us is where we should be when it comes to love. I mean, none of us is loving God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind. None of us is loving our neighbor perfectly. All of our love is cold to some degree. I, I know mine is. And I'll say this, I know for a fact that my lack of love affects my mission. And your lack of love affects your mission to the lost. So man, as, as we head into spring here, this optimal time for connecting with unbelievers, building relationships with unbelievers, making disciples of unbelievers, man, I want to encourage all of us to start right there. Very, very simply, I just ask you, just be honest about where your heart is with this thing. Just, just be honest. Let's, let's all do that about where our hearts are right now. If your mission to the lost is weak, your love is probably weak. 
And you know, we can make all kinds of excuses for why our mission to the lost is weak. I don't like that. I don't want to do it that way. I, I don't want to do that. Oh, I'm not good at that. I'm not good at this. You can make all kinds of excuses. But really, when it comes right down to it, if our mission to the lost is weak, our love is probably weak. Our hearts are cold to some degree. And I just hope we can be honest about where we are here in our lives. And it may not be you. I may not be talking to you today. You're like, man, I'm, I feel it. I'm, I feel it in my life. It may not be you. But if it's you, let's just be honest about it. Let's confess it. Let's start there. Let, let, let's, let's confess a lack of love to God. Just start confessing it to him. Let's confess it to one another. I will encourage those of you who are in small groups and life groups, uh, this week I'd like you to talk about this thing a little bit and, and what's going on in our hearts and, and the place of love in our hearts. And if you are detecting this morning or in that conversation that, yeah, that's, that's probably me, there probably is a lack of love. I love lots of other things right now, but my love for God, my love for others is not that fervent, then I'd encourage you to confess that with the other people in your group. Man, it's such a good thing to do, have to keep practicing confessing sins to one another because that's a step into humility and God gives grace to the humble. So I just encourage all of us, let's just confess that and be honest about it. You know, if, if your mission is weak, if you're not really trying to work with un- other believers to make disciples of unbelievers, if you rarely even think about making disciples of unbelievers, okay, that's probably an indication that there is a heart issue that's going on there. It's probably a love issue in your heart. I encourage you just confess that to your brothers and sisters. But then let me, let me ask all of us, let's not stop there. Let's, let's, let's not just start with confessing this thing because a lack of love, cold heartedness in me, that's sin. And, and God doesn't want, just want me to confess my sin. He wants me to repent from my sin, to, to, to turn and begin to go in the other direction. And I think there's a danger, you know, I think it's easy for us as Christians just to say all the time, man, I just, I'm just kind of loveless. You know, I'm just loveless. I'm just loveless. And then one year goes, and two year goes, and three year goes, and four year goes, five year goes, and I'm still saying, ah, I just loveless. My heart, and we, we confess it, but let's confess it. Let's do something about it. So when we pray, uh, when you go to God and pray, if you're going to confess that sin to him, uh, and if you're confessing to others and you're going to pray and confess those sins, let me also ask that, that we all begin to pray for God to change us. God, will you begin to stir up my love for you? God, will you begin to fan into flames my love for Christ? And you do realize, I hope, that 24-7 you have things coming against you that are trying to dampen your love for God, trying to dampen your love for the Lord Jesus Christ. Many of those things are really, really good things in your life, but the enemy loves to pile on good things in your life to actually dampen and squash your love for God and for Christ. And man, we have to fight against that and pray, God, stir within my heart again. Stir within my heart a deep, deep love for you. Stir within my heart a deep, deep love for Jesus Christ, a burning love for Christ. 
One of my favorite old hymns was written by a woman named Elizabeth Prentice. It's a prayer. It's, it's a prayer that you sing pleading for more love for Christ in your life. It goes like this. More love to thee, O Christ. More love to thee. Hear thou the prayer I make on bended knee. This is my earnest plea. More love, O Christ, to thee. More love to thee. More love to thee. Man, I love that because that's the key. Do you know that a, more, that a stronger love for Christ is going to be the thing that helps you conquer sin in your life? You walk away from lesser loves when you have a greater love. And a greater love for Christ is going to be the thing that compels you out on mission. You're compelled away from loving yourself because you have a greater love. It's Christ. And let's pray together. Let's pray earnestly. I just ask you, pray earnestly. Lord God, please, please give us more love for Christ. More love for Christ that drives out all these other loves and all of these fears and compels us to work together to go out to commend and obey Christ. But let's also pray, God, don't just give us a greater love for Christ. Give us a greater love for other people. Man, give us a greater love for the lost. I mean, let's just be honest about that, brothers and sisters in Christ. Be honest about it in your prayers with one another. Father, my mission is weak. Our mission is weak. And one of the reasons is we just don't care. We just don't care. We don't. And to say that we do is just hypocritical. It's a lie. We don't care. Lord God, I don't love the way I should. I don't care that my neighbors are going to hell. I just don't care. Be uncomfortable with that in your heart. Now, yes, you'll wrestle against that the rest of your life as a Christian. Our love will always ebb and flow and ebb and flow. Definitely, there will be times when your love feels so complacent you don't know if Jesus lives in your heart. I feel that at times. Oh, but man, don't rest with that. I just plead with you. I plead with you, don't rest content with that in your heart. Fight against it. Do what you can. Get on your knees this week and pray, God, give me a greater love for you and a greater love for other people, greater love for the lost. God, drive me out of myself with love. And man, and then, you know, let's pray with one another, but man, Let's then do anything and everything we can to strengthen one another's love for God and for other people. You know, one of the best things we can do to strengthen one another's love for for God and for other people, you know, one of the best things we can do is just keep reminding one another of God's love for us over and over again. Just reminding one another of the gospel over and over again. You know, the gospel answers our problem here. Yes, we have all failed miserably to do those simple commands that Jesus gives us in his word. Yes, we fail miserably to love God with all of our hearts, minds, our, our souls. We, we fail miserably to love our neighbors as ourselves. And let's be honest, we deserve to be punished eternally for our lack of love, for our cold-heartedness. But God loves us. And, and God loves us. And because God loves us, 
He sent his son Jesus to do what we failed to do. Jesus obeyed those commands there perfectly. Jesus loved God his father perfectly. Jesus loved his neighbors perfectly. Jesus loved the lost perfectly. Jesus loved us when we were lost perfectly. And if you trust in Christ, God has forgiven you for your lack of love. He's forgiven you for your cold-heartedness. He loves you. And his love for you is not based upon your performance. It's based upon the performance of Jesus Christ. He loves you. And his love for you will never, ever, ever fail. And man, we need to remind one another of that good news gospel message over and over and over again. You know why? Because it's God's love for us that warms our hearts and draws us out into loving him and into loving other people better than we do. Love in equals love out. When your heart is awakened more and more to God's amazing love for you through Christ, you are empowered to love. You are are motivated to love. You are drawn into loving God and other people better. Let's remind one another daily of the gospel, of God's love for us. But please listen to me. Let's also remind one another of the call of the gospel. The gospel tells you that God loves you deeply. Yes, it does. But the gospel also calls you to go out and love others. I have loved you. Now go and do likewise. I loved you when you were lost. Now go out and love the lost. Go out and love the lost. Not in order to be loved by me. But because you are loved by me. Don't go out as a slave trying to earn something from me. Go out as a son and daughter who already has earned something from me. And go out in faith. Go out in faith to love. Go out in faith. You know why? Because the God who created the universe is living inside of you. Jesus Christ who said all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me is now with you as you go. That's why I don't want to be content with just small steps. Because the God of the universe dwells in us. Go and do likewise. Go and love the lost. You know what? We need to motivate and encourage one another to love. Did you know that? We're, we're supposed to motivate and encourage one another to love. And you would think, well, well love just kind of comes naturally. God loves you. and Yes, it does. But we're sinful people. So we also have to motivate one another to love. Here it is. Hebrews 10, 24 says, Let us consider, let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. 
We are called as believers to stir one another up to love. That's what I feel God is calling me to do this morning. We are called to stir one another up to love and good works. Stir one another up to to love God better. Look at God. Look at God. Look at Christ. Look at Christ. Isn't he magnificent? Isn't he beautiful? Love him. But also called to stir one another up to love others better. We're called to stir one another up to love the lost better. If you get tired of me beating the drum for mission to the lost, I'm sorry. We are called to stir one another up to love for the lost. Wow. You did that for your neighbor? Praise God for that. Praise God that you did that. Now what more can we do? Now, now, now how, how can we work together to love your neighbor better? How, how can we work together to love your, your neighbor even more? Let's go. Let's go. God, God, God has lavished us with love. Let's go lavish others with love. Let's go. Let's go. Stirring one another up to love and good works for the lost. I thank God for, man, the small steps that we've taken as a body here in mission over the past year. Praise God for that, but let's go. Let's go. How can we love even better? How can we love even more? God, God loves us. Oh man, he loves us infinitely. Now let's love CRC. Let's love in, in a way that reflects God's infinite love for us. Let's love lavishly. Let's love sacrificially. Let's love boldly, extravagantly. Brothers and sisters in Christ, love your neighbors in this life well by the grace of God. And not not just your believing neighbors here in this room, but your lost neighbors. The ones who are all around you, wherever you live, work, and play. Love them in action. Love them in word. Serve them. Care for them prioritize them. Carve out significant time for them. Set aside money for them. Make an effort to be with them and build a relationship with them. Share the gospel with them. Share Christ with them. The greatest act of love you could ever do for another human being. To share Jesus with them. God can show us ways to do it. Mission is, man, it, it really is pretty simple. It, 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 it boils down to love. Loving God, loving Christ deeply. Fighting to love Him more. And loving the lost deeply. Fighting. Fighting against our sin to love them more. Loving them with a gospel intentionality. Loving, loving them and working together to, to bring them to Christ. Love is the fuel of mission. Where love is weak, mission will be weak. But where love is strong, mission will be strong. May God help us to love, to love, to love here at CRC. I'm so grateful for the way we do love. I think people taste that coming into this room. We've heard that. 
We've heard the way people feel the love from you, from us. So good. And now may God take us higher. May God take us deeper for his glory. One of the things that we're going to do here occasionally on Sunday mornings is give some of you the opportunity to give a testimony. Give you an opportunity to share some of the different ways that God is helping you to live life together on mission. We we believe that's what a local church is. It's a group of believers who do life together and they do life together on a mission to love and to share Christ with the lost. And as, man, as a lead pastor here, I have the privilege of hearing about all these little things or big things that are happening in CRC as far as life together on mission goes. And we want to uh, share some of the, the kind of the life together on mission stories with you so we can all boast in God together, uh, but uh, so we can also all be stirred up together to more love and good work. So I'd like to call Jennifer Levitt up this morning. Now she's coming up, I'll, I'll hopefully set this up. God gave Jim and Jennifer Levitt and others in their small group last year the opportunity uh, to love some neighbors uh, who were in a really difficult place at the time. And uh, we wanted to give Jennifer the chance to tell you about it this morning. Thank you, Jennifer. The McCumbers offered their garage, I think, for about a month so that they could have a garage sale, lots of child care. Now, I asked Annika if I could share this story because I want you to be encouraged and see, as we've been studying through Luke, our God healed in powerful, mighty ways. And we, we see that in Scripture so clear. But sometimes we forget that that same God is powerfully at work today. And so... There was a season in Rhino and Aliska's life where Rhino was, he was passing out and, be, and going unconscious. They didn't know if it was because of pain or medication complications, and so essentially they hibernated in their house and didn't come out very much. But the Lord moved in their heart and said, go to church today, go see the body at CRC. And so Aliska pulls in the driveway right over here, and he has one of those episodes He literally passes out in the car, and he's unconscious. And Aliska comes in and finds Annika and says, Rhino's out in the car. What should I do? And Annika and Aliska go back out. And Annika, the one thing she knows she can do is pray. And she lays her hands over Rhino and prays. And he instantly awoke from his unconscious state and got out of that vehicle as though nothing was hindering him. And he literally walked in and sat right there and listened to the message be preached. That is our powerful God that is still active today. Now, their journey is very tough, Aliska and Rhinos. It starts to get very complicated. A very traumatic night happens. There's law enforcement involved. And our small group was meeting to help Zach and Sandra move. But it was so obvious that the Lord said, go. And so Sandra and I are driving over to their house. And I'm like, Lord, I don't do messy. Like, this is getting messy. 
And the Lord said, I do messy. I said, Lord, if you haven't noticed, it's getting a little complicated. And the Lord said, I do complicated. I said, Lord, this is really awkward. I don't know what I'm going to say. And the Lord said, I do not give you a spirit of timidity, but I gave you a spirit of power and love and self-control. And so as we approached that door and knocked, I was still fearful. I had a blank mind. But as Aliska opened that door, the peace of God came upon me. The words were there. There was no awkwardness. And as we talked, and it's late at night, the Lord gave the words to speak in every situation. The scripture was at the tip of my tongue, and he gave us the heart to love her that night. He even gave the words to pray for those complicated situations. That is how great our God is. Now, as Pastor Brett challenged us in Luke 14, uh, 12 through 14, he had said, don't give to those who can repay you. And I have to say, the Lord did a mighty work in our small group. Because we wouldn't love like this and we wouldn't give like this if it weren't for God moving in the hearts of our small group. Because Rhino and Aliska were going to move And so we wanted to send them off well. And the Lord enabled us to give, to pray, and to stay connected. And so there's a few points that I want to leave you with in regards to this. Number one, we don't have the love in our hearts and in our flesh. It is only Christ who can give us that love. And Jim and I pray for members here at CRC that you will live missionally. And I hope you see that living missionally is not just an individual thing. You can live missionally as a family. You can live missionally with small children. You might have to get a little more creative, but God will help you to live missionally. You have to be available. Our hyper-schedule days will steal our ability to be available. And that is something that Jim and I wrestle with daily and weekly. How are we going to make ourselves be available? And also it comes down to intentionality. Because if we're not intentional, that hyper-scheduled activity will not enable us to be intentional in loving others. But also to be willing to do messy. I pray that God would send us out powerfully to love others so that we can have that joy of Christ and to proclaim that joy and the power and the all-faithful God. And so as I close, I want to read what Aliska wrote to us as a church. She said, when we first moved to St. Paul, everything looked dark and miserable. We had no friends or family. Then we met Zach and Sandra. There was a little light. They introduced us to the church and the wonderful people within. I still believe that we are the disciples of God and that he uses people to heal people. Thank you for the friendship, the help, the gifts, and support with the birth of Logan, the support throughout Rhino's injury and treatment, the gifts and support with Rhino's injury and surgeries. We really appreciate everything you guys have done and still do. We live in Indiana now, and it is beautiful and quiet here. 
I miss everyone a lot, but I so believe we needed to move. Rhino has been doing okay. He is still hurting from the surgical implant, but I believe it will get better. Thank you again for everything. Miss you guys a lot. Lots of love. Rhino, Aliska, and Logan. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Simple, broken people, saved by the grace of God, doing simple things, loving other people with a gospel intentionality, and God uses it. God moves powerfully through things like that. I just want to thank you for the way you are loving the people around you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. I've heard many more stories like that. So good. Uh, So good. And we just want more of it. More of it, God. More of it. Show us how. Show us where. Show us who. And help us to do it, Lord. Give us that love in our hearts. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We do believe that love is the fuel for any mission to the lost. It's the fuel for anything really in our lives, Lord, turning from sin or uh, discipling our children or, or um, um, changing from, away from bad habits in our lives. Or, you know, Lord, it's the fuel. It, love from you is the fuel that motivates us and, and, and empowers us. And Lord, love from you, your love for us, uh, sends us out in mission. And we just ask for more of it. Lord, I do, just as a kind of a corporate confession, I want to ask you to forgive us for our lack of love. I do ask you, Father, to forgive us for cold-heartedness, Lord. I thank you for the love that we do have here, but I, I, I ask you to forgive us, Lord, for uh, our smoldering love at times. And Lord, I just join with my brothers and sisters now and ask by the Holy Spirit, working through the gospel, will you stir up our love, Lord God, for you and for other people, Lord, that would really, really change the way we live our lives. And we thank you for it. We trust you. Hear our prayers for Christ's sake. For it's in his name we pray. Amen.